Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I'm picturing you, like, looking, like, to buy mouse holes. <laughs> Degressive. Obscenity. Shit, what was I talking about? All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Digressive Obscenity, or Hip Hugger's Lament, the podcast. My guest today is Dawn Brooke Owens. Brooke, let's start this off right. Who are you, and what do you do? Tell me about you. Uh, I mean, I'm just a person living in this life. Uh, I'm a space nerd for a living. I'm a professional space nerd. Uh, I know you're excited about that. That's pretty much my story. Absolutely. I know a few. Oh, good. Excellent. And uh, moving on to the uh, the formal questions section. Questions. Stop asking me questions. What is your first memory of me? Of you? Yes. Mm. Let's see. I believe I was coming into my own house and uh, with my little sister who was at the time quite young. Mm -hmm. And I believe you and a few other gentlemen were sprawled upon the couch uh, playing the Big Lubowski white Russian drinking game. <laughs> a vague, vague remembrance, fairly yes. fairly advanced. Yes. I think you were fairly advanced in the game. You had made some significant progress, it seemed. I think, um, what's the word? Advancement. Uh dedication we've we, we've dedicated ourselves at that point yes there were there seemed to be a lot of follow-through happening yes we were we were we were pain. very very persistent yeah i liked it well i mean if a job is if a job is worth doing it's worth doing right right shame and i've always felt that applies to movie watching absolutely yeah if you're gonna do it why half-ass it <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, okay, uh, what is your, your favorite moment or episode from The Simpsons? Uh, so, I don't really watch The Simpsons. I'm talking more about, you know, the old days. I mean, I, I really don't watch it a lot right now, but, you know, did you, did, were you, uh, were you someone that grew up watching them, or were we just, just never really... No, not really in the wheelhouse of the shows that were blessed so much in my house. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Wow, I think I think you're the first person who doesn't have a favorite moment from The Simpsons. I'm not judging. It's it's interesting to have you know a first. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like I missed this whole piece of Americana. It's definitely it's definitely a building block. It's it's you know one of those things that um, it kind of bonds people together. Like you know, it's sort of like the thing that uh, that bonds all smokers together. You could be standing with a complete stranger, um, but as soon as they're like, oh hey, you know, do you have a light? And if you are a smoker, it's like, oh, yeah, we have this thing in common. We have, you know, we have this thing that, that bonds us. I feel like The Simpsons is like that, but it's less, you know, bad for your breath and clothes and stuff. Yeah, and possibly better for your lungs. Possibly. I mean, uh, you know, possibly. studies haven't been, you know, the show's only been around for a little over two decades. So it really hasn't, you know, we haven't seen all the results yet. Right. Yeah, sorry. Missed that whole thing. No, 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 that's okay. It's that is completely okay. You know, it's, it's, I know people that haven't seen things that you'd, um, you'd be mad. I used to be one of those people where it's like, you haven't seen this and then you get angry. But, um, I've recently tried to take the tack of, you know, let me, let me show you this thing. That's really great. As opposed to, you know, getting down on the person or attacking them for something that they simply haven't experienced. 
Because that doesn't help anything, because then you associate all fans of that thing with exclusionist assholes. Like, I'm not even going to talk to you unless you've seen The Simpsons. You know, that's that's not, it's not a loving community. Yeah, no. I like your approach. Seems much more grown up. Doesn't it? I mean, maybe three years ago, I probably would have been upset. but freakish. That I'm grown up? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't an insult, by the way. No, no, no. I mean, I've been, I've been, are we talking about physical? Physically grown up or, or emotionally grown up? I mean, I meant emotionally, but however you'd like to take it. Whichever well, emotionally, is the offensive. gotcha. It, it's kind of hard to offend me. It, it, it takes it takes effort. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like part of me is still emotionally fourteen years old, mm. and and then part of me, like the part of me that pays taxes, is maybe the part of me that is you know inclusive with these things now because you know a stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet. Or the creeper that's going to take you in a van down by the river. I mean... That's a very good point. And that's why I don't smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. They keep you out of vans. Exactly. Yeah. I Also, I don't, I don't really fit in many vans. Um, so what are you listening to right now, music-wise? Or audio-wise? Um, I mean, right now, you listening to this recording, which is amazing. I, I've been listening to a lot of, like, old-school 90s hip-hop. Like, some... Ice Cube and Busta Rhymes. Nice. Montel. Montel. Trying to make sure I got I got the right knowledge of that set of music. So I've been in that a lot lately. That is very important because you have just recently officially become DJ Brookie, or that's sort of just burgeoning, or, or what's what's happening with that? Yeah, so it's just sort of starting. I, mean, I did my second gig last night, and everybody seemed to survive okay. Excellent. Um, but yes, I am nameless, so that is been a bit of a problem that is always hard but, for a dj yeah yeah as a dj i do have a normal name for my personhood in general yeah but yeah but new brand new still learning baby dj i have been contributing a lot to the apple stock lately oh yes well you know they need it i hear they're they're not doing too well with that new um miniature ipad i guess on behalf of the apple company thank you <laughs> So welcome. So actually, yeah, going back to the um the Buster Rhymes, are you talking about like mm-hmm. the first Buster Rhymes album, the uh, the coming? Yep. Yeah, some of the old school. That's that's one of my favorite albums of him. Did you ever hear the um Old Dirty Bastard and Buster Rhymes remix of Wuha? No. It is insane. But I feel like that's something I should definitely own. Yes, yes. I actually don't know what I don't know what it was released on. It might be, you know, one of those like bootleg tapes that you find every once in a while but um it's amazing and the song is amazing the music video is even more amazing really i'll give you a little a little spoiler okay yes it features um odb and busta rhymes uh respectively covered in gold and silver body paint yes and i'll let that just sink in are they on the boardwalk at Santa Monica? No, they're they're just uh, at one point. As all those chemicals did to their exactly, skin. yeah. No, I think um, I think um, for that scene, I think the background is is just stars, and then in, in another scene, they're in straight jackets with a fisheye lens, just kind of bouncing off the padded walls of a um, a, a padded room, which is amazing. <laughs> it's it's an amazing video, and I've never. There's a couple rap collaborations that I really enjoy and that one really sticks out. There's also a song off of um Method Man's album The Prequel 
to Cal the prequel, I believe, that is uh, Method Man and Busta Rhymes' song called What's Happening. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's also really wonderful. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Busta Rhymes. Awesome. I will, His videos I will are always really, things. really interesting and a little scary. Yeah, but I mean, I think scary, you gotta have a little bit of scary to make it work in, in that genre. Absolutely, yeah. And he's, I mean, he never really, he never really went for the whole, like, you know, the, 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 the typical, like, you know, big booty hose, bouncing cars and waving, you know, gold chains around. He was always like, why don't we have me being chased by a little puppet monster instead? <laughs> and everyone's like, are you sure, Busta? And he's like, I'm pretty sure. And then, you know, everything else kind of gets blurred in that, you know, that sea of like, oh, is this the one with the greasy booty hose bouncing up and down? Or is that the one with the gre- Oh, no, this is the one with the puppet monster. <laughs> I like this one. Or like yes. the, 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 past the past the Corvassier video. Have you ever seen that one? That one is incredible. Mr. T is in it. No, but I, I mean, I'm going to do all of these things when we get off the phone. Excellent. Yeah, this is definitely this is definitely part of the education. Just to understand that, you know, it wasn't just his voice that set him apart. It was this weird artistic vision that he had. And it was just this signature wonderful weirdness. But uh, yeah, The Coming is a really great episode. Uh, Abandoned Ship is a fun one. I like that. I like um, Q-Tip is on that, I think. No, wait, what is Q-Tip? Ill-Vibe. Ill-Vibe is Q-Tip, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong with Q-Tip. Exactly. And sorry, so you were a fan of this growing up, or this is sort of like a, uh, yeah. for the, the DJ gig? So similar to The Simpsons, there were also sort of uh, some restrictions on music growing up. I didn't really listen to a lot of normal music until I was probably like, later in high school early college gotcha so i think i discovered that genre of hip-hop more more around grad school probably but so some of it's a bit of a revisiting okay well that's still cool i mean the fact that you discovered it but then the the dj gig has sort of forced me to do uh oh what's that one song you know you and you know like the hook from it or the or some piece of it but you realize you don't actually know who the artist is or what it's called to, to kind of dig in and figure that out and own stuff oh gotcha gotcha yet yeah, t- gotcha it's one of those things where you hear the chorus and you know the chorus but you've never actually gone further than yeah. the chorus you're like what song was that song gotcha. where jay-z says i'm a hustler baby oh right yeah. that one. oh i'm a hustler baby gotcha got it <laughs> what's that song with all the skeet oh skeet 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 yes yeah exactly sadly I, sadly i think that that rap and hip-hop used to be more Impressive. I mean, I, I used to listen okay. to um, the Wu Tang Clan back in like 1993 or 94. Those were some good years. Oh man, those were great years. You know, the Chronic is still just mm-hmm. one of my favorite albums, and like all the stuff that he's done since then. It's like some of it's innovative and some of it's not, but it's like to go back and listen to the Chronic, it still holds up. And you know, the early Snoop Dogg stuff and the early Wu Tang Clan, absolutely. I mean, even mm-hmm. some Eminem, if you can. Oh. I love me some Eminem. Yeah, Eminem's excellent. He's very skilled, but you have to be able to reconcile yourself with he can't possibly think this way about humans because he seems like a very angry yes, person. Yes, or, or you can't sleep. Exactly, yeah. Like, the first time I heard uh, Kim, mm. where he screams at and murders his wife, like, yeah. that was dark. 
But then he but then he shows up at the, whatever the Grammys or the Oscars or whatever with Elton John, and it's like, well, which one of you is is the real Eminem, the one that's killing your wife in song, or the one that's performing with with Elton John? Well, that's the big question, right? Who's the real Slim Shady? <laughs> I mean, we asked him to stand up like a decade ago. Just can't tell. Just can't tell which one is standing up. I see that you're standing, but which one are you? Exactly. Are you the Elton John friend, or are you the guy that's gonna, you know? put your wife's body in a trunk and then roll it off a dock God. with your pre-toddler daughter with you. God, that's dark. Yeah. 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 And then if you hear him talk sometimes, like on stage or in interviews, he actually, especially when he's talking about like his recovery, yeah, he actually sounds like a really decent human being and that he like is really grateful for like the support he received when he was working out his addictions and all that. And then you have to compare that to his music and you're like, something... Something has to be fake here. Yeah, something something doesn't jive here. It's a little bit like Marilyn Manson. Like I don't know if you're if you're a huge fan of his, but mm. you see these elaborate, you know, stage shows and these you know these these incredibly controversial and offensive things that he's doing, and then you hear him speak, and he is very intelligent, and it's like, where's the disconnect here? You know, right. So uh, what are you watching at the moment? I'm watching. Don't. Okay, this is a, like a don't judge collection. That's okay. Hey, this is not a place to judge. Um, Sons of Anarchy. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Sons of Anarchy. How could I judge you for that? It's a well-written show. It is. It's really good. When I first like saw the previews, I was like, that is ridiculous. <laughs> and then I was like bored one night. And I was like, oh my god, I just watched a whole season. <laughs> Thank you, Netflix. Yeah, Netflix is, is both the, the boon and the curse of, of like where we are right now. It's yes. like, well, I could clean my apartment today, or I could watch three seasons of this show that I'm marginally interested in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't care to watch when it was actually on TV, but since it's here. Yeah. Um, I'm, I was just going to say, I, I stopped with, uh, I, I got rid of cable, and basically everything has just been Netflix, because I was I was getting tired of the commercials, one, and, you know, being, being cock-teased by the machine uh, the the in, you know every single week i mean nowadays shows are all connected it's not just 12 separate stories it's one story with 13 cliffhangers and it gets to the point where it's like you know what i'll just wait i'll wait those 8 or 9 weeks till it's right. done and then i'll watch the whole thing because i don't like being jerked around and and i'm done with commercials yeah right it's amazing and terrible although hulu is kind of like TV on your computer because yeah. they've gotten so many, they've snuck in exactly. so many commercials now, even with Hulu Plus. Is it still just they show one commercial again and again? Yes. It's like this. Well, now sometimes they'll show sets, so it'll be like a 90 second segment, so three 30 second commercials. But they are like the same three, you know, for all of the six commercial breaks in your hour show or whatever. So, you, you, I mean, yeah. I feel like it's good for memorizing commercials if you're into that. Or for the marketing people, it's good to get you to buy stuff because there's that rule of seven that if you see something seven times, suddenly it starts to kind of sink into your brain. Mm. And then it's like, yeah, maybe I do need to buy low-fat jello gelatin pops. Except for that, I feel that by the end of, like, watching my show, I'm so pissed off at having heard about those jello pops that I don't ever want to see them in my life. <laughs> Because they will trigger my ad experience. Okay, so basically, th it's not working on you. It's <laughs> not working on me. Nice. Okay, so um, uh, what are you reading right now? 
Um, so I'm waiting to read. My friend just bought the book, like, The Wisdom of Sociopaths or something. Okay. I think it's called that. I'm waiting to read that. I'm very excited about it. It's, like, how they've, like, analyzed all these different sociopaths and how, like, actually some of them are often genius and how we could harness that piece of it without the crazy to accomplish things. That would be, that'd be pretty useful. I'm also reading Little B. Okay, I'm not familiar with it. Which is by Chris Cleves, I think. It's, you know, that big silhouette of a girl's head on the bright orange background. Vaguely? I've just started that. And, um, I don't know. Actually, I've been a little light on my reading right now. That's okay. Again, no judgment. This is a safe place. Digressive obscenity is a safe place. I just finished up The Dark Knight Returns, which was amazing. Oh, the comic, the graphic novel? Comic, yeah. The graphic novel. It was oh, amazing. Oh, nice. Yeah, they they did an amazing job with that. What, what they actually, um, they just put out an animated version of the first half of that. Really? And they nailed it. What's oh, it called? Oh, man, they nailed it. It is uh, uh, Batman, The Dark Knight Returns, part one. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's a Christmas watcher. I mean, they they got the tone of it down. They got um, the art of it down. They got um, you know how like there was that there's that weird future slang with the mutants. Mm-hmm. They nailed that, so you can understand oh. exactly what they're talking about, and it feels like just like a um, it feels like uh, just evolution of vernacular. It doesn't feel forced or weird at all. But yeah, that's that's amazing. That's awesome. I'm really glad you told me that. Yeah. They have they have kind of a tease. So spoilers for anybody who hasn't read it or or seen it. But uh, the first movie and the second one isn't coming out till something like January or February. The first movie deals with all the way through um, uh, Batman dealing with the leader of the mutants, mm-hmm. and uh, at the very end they bring the Joker back in, and it is chilling because oh. he's voiced by the guy that played Ben Gale from uh, Oh Wow Lost. Yeah. So, yeah, really looking forward to that one. But um, okay, do you have any allergies? <laughs> I do. When I was little, I told our neighbors that I wasn't allergic to anything but work. Nice. And then they gave that you... did not prove an effective means of escaping work. I was disappointed. Okay, I'm going to write that down and pass that on to future generations because that is, you know, there is learning here too. <laughs> it doesn't work. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm allergic to weird things like, uh, for example, the anti-nausea medicine they give you to get your body ready for chemo. Uh, So the anti-nausea medicine is meant to be this sort of like warm, wonderful drug that keeps your body from feeling like it wants to throw up all over itself. Mm -hmm. And I react to that in a very, very, very bad way. So that's, you know less than helpful that is incredibly less than helpful and another thing that some people might not even know they have that allergy until they have the misfortune to have to go through chemo yes yeah and that was a really really fun thing to discover on my first day of chemo that was awesome (laughs) that's a great gift it's like a bonus round yeah it's it's like okay all right i have cancer i'm getting chemotherapy at least this can't get any worse Right. I've You're allergic to the anti-nausea. I stopped working. Should I be concerned, nurse? Nurse. <laughs> then they're just looking at you like, Ugh, it's all in your head. It's like, well, no, like, it's, these it's all... These cancer patients are know. so needy. 
<laughs> bitch, bitch, bitch. I know, always. Oh, I'm dying, I'm dying. Such a pain. Do you know how swollen my feet are from walking back and forth and getting you ice chips? Ugh. <laughs> There's a lot of love in the healthcare industry. Trying to save your life with an EpiPen? <laughs> exactly. They're heavy, you know? Absolutely. These EpiPens are heavy. Exactly, yeah. They contain, you know, life. An Epi. So, I mean, at least you can eat lobster, though. Yeah, I can have shellfish like like it's going out of style. Peanuts, too. No biggie. Nice. Excellent. Okay, good. So, I mean, it's a bad thing to be allergic to, but it's not the worst thing to be allergic to. Right. Once you figure it out. Yeah. I mean, in theory, I will never that will never be a problem again. Right? Exactly. Yes. I've put in some paperwork, and that should... That should not be a problem again. I mean, it's been signed, and we have some copies here, so we should be okay. That should not be a problem again. Oh, good. Yeah. I was going to bug you about it, but I didn't want to do it on the show. I wanted to make sure you were pushing that through with your people. Uh, So thank you. Absolutely. Again, this is a safe place, and and we do have a notary here at um, Digressive Obscenity that we hired specifically for the podcast. So we're good. Yeah. I'm grateful. I'm nothing if not professional. Right. No, I appreciate that. So, let's see. Uh, do you collect anything intentionally? Oh. Um, no, not really. I don't think so. Countries Visited, maybe, is my favorite collection. Okay. But that's not a real thing. Okay, so maybe like uh, passport stamps or something. Sure, yeah. But no, I'm not really a collector person. Okay. That's I fine. mean, the body's in the basement, but... That's less of a collection and more like a to-do list. Like, you're going to have to get rid of those at some point. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because it's very transient. Exactly. They, they don't stay... I don't keep them yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, it's less. that's less collecting so. and more hoarding temporarily or, you know, storage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's completely understandable. Yeah. It's more like a transfer facility, so... Yeah, okay. So probably not... Not a collection, per se. Mm-mm. Okay. And um, one actor or actress you could have gone from the face of this earth. Who and why? Oh, wow. You sound excited about this. I'm very excited about that. Do we <laughs> preclude Lindsay Lohan from this discussion, just as a general common sense? Because um, it's an obvious choice? I mean, I feel like she's or... she's doing our work for us. I mean, if you want to pick Lindsay Lohan, feel absolutely free. But okay. I feel like, you know, probably by the time this podcast is out... You don't need to worry about that. Exactly. It's it's like, that's already taken care of. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to say Lindsay Lohan, I mean, you have more than enough reason to. I just... Yeah, I was really excited about her and, and, then, and then Paris Hilton. But I feel like she kind of took care of herself as well. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I probably would be okay if I never saw... Um, the Twilight guy actors again? Probably okay. Excellent. And I can answer with complete honesty. I I don't know who that actor is. I've I've never experienced. Yeah, but there's two of them. So whatever their names are, if if you know, like the guy that's the wolf, and then the shiny, feeling, sensitive vampire guy. If those okay. two were gone, I'd probably be okay. Okay. Excellent. All right. I don't even know their names. So I mean, they're halfway gone to me. So. Excellent. Right. I feel like we made great progress on four, actually, so that's good. Good. Okay, cool. All right. I'm comfortable with that. 
Okay, moving forward um, to the uh, the next section. Let's let's digress. What? So, what are some afternoon cartoons that you watched as a child? Um, Tom and Jerry. Oh wow! Nice. Yes, amazing. And then um, Ducktales. Ducktales is an excellent cartoon. Absolutely. I mean, that has everything you need. There's a pilot. There's swimming pools of gold coins. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Scrooge, amazing. Also, uh, do you remember? Do you remember Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers? I just yesterday I did. I, I um, spoke to two different people on digressive obscenity, and both of them brought up Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, and I absolutely remember it. Um, they were both guys, though, so I have to ask, from a, a feminine perspective, did you feel that Gadget was over-sexualized? <laughs> I mean, let's bear in mind that I was nine when I was watching this show, <laughs> so I didn't really have the fil- right filters in place to tell if she was over-sexualized. Okay. I have not since seen the show as an adult, but Nor have I. what I liked about the show as a nine-year-old girl is that Gadget got to do all the stuff that typically in cartoons boys did. Like, she was the mechanic, and the I think she was the pilot, too, maybe. But she was very smart and clearly, like, an engineer, hands-on, yeah, technical. That's what I liked. But, I mean, in retrospect, I do think maybe that jumpsuit was a little tight. It was, and she did have eyeshadow on the entire time. It is true. The same shade. The same shade of eyeshadow. She's her hygiene more than her sexuality. <laughs> okay, so the masculine perspective is, yes, she was over-sexualized. She, she awakened feelings of sexuality in young boys. And you're oh. saying she was a strong female role model, except her hygiene may have been a bit questionable. <laughs> this is what this is all about. With questionable hygiene and ill-fitting clothes. <laughs> I just thought she was poor. <laughs> oh, I yeah. that was that was mean. That's all right. No, no, no. I mean, hey, everybody had to get along. I mean, everybody wore the same thing. I mean, Monterey Jack had that like that sheepskin coat. That was probably really smelly. Yes. Oh yeah, Monterey Jack was the pilot. That's right. She was the mechanic. Monterey Jack was the pilot who had who had the cheese addiction. Yeah. Yes. She was the mechanic. Yeah. Yes. And then Zipper the fly seemed to just be. A fly. Yeah. No real, real, real benefits there, except for sometimes could transfer information. Yes. And I think he fit into small places that, for some reason, a mouse and two chipmunks could not fit into. <laughs> it's awesome. Yes. Because um, they're so big. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Actually, chipmunks are bigger, aren't they? Squirrels are smaller than chipmunks, right? I don't know. See, normally, we have the um, we have the notary here. 24 hours a day, seven fact days a checking. week. Fact-checking. Exactly. The problem is my fact-checker, my researcher, is, is out today. You know, his uh, his wife is giving birth to twins, so we're really happy for him. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he can be there to count them, so that's good. Exactly. So, but, you know, so for and right DNA now... DNA testing to make sure, you know, the story is legit. Exactly, yeah. But the problem is resulting in, I can't double-check right now if... A chipmunk's bigger than a squirrel, so we're just we're gonna yeah yeah we'll move on from that. I mean any any I, other I yeah. I was just saying I'm probably not supposed to tag back, but I would just like to tell you that I remembered Nicolas Cage is a terrible actor. <laughs> Brooke, that was the first person that the first guest on this podcast wanted to get rid of. 
and and there wasn't even hesitation. I asked the question, she came right back, Nicolas Cage. I so, mean, it took me a minute, but then I remember that every bad movie I've seen, <laughs> not everyone, but every movie with him in it is terrible. That's pretty much, yeah, I mean... I maybe The Rock. And that's because, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't... Con- Connery. Exactly, right. yeah. It's like, if you have Nick Cage, you have to offset him with people. Like, Con Air was bad, but you offset Nicolas Cage with John Malkovich and right. other people that were in that movie. Who I can't remember because it wasn't a very good movie. But yeah, um, Nick Cage is... So that that's two votes against Nick Cage. So this is... Good. These, How many do we need? Uh, again, my researcher's not here. But I think we could probably okay. get a petition started soon. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. Okay, so again, we'll work on it. There's there's paperwork, but good. Okay, so so we're so we're going to Nicolas Cage. I'm happy with that. Um, okay, uh, tell me a crazy or creepy homeless story. Oh, 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 come on. Well, it, it, it's, it doesn't have to be, like, mean-spirited, but, I mean, I know that I know that DC <laughs> is kind of broken up into four quadrants, and one of them is a little less... One of them is a little more homeless-friendly. And I, I'm, I'm not talking about, like, you know, the time that you set that homeless guy on fire that we don't talk about. I'm talking about, <laughs> I, like... I didn't do that. <laughs> uh, that. That's a matter for the courts. Again, I, I don't have my researcher here, but... Um, but I mean, you know, like a like a weird encounter. It doesn't have to be a bad encounter. Well, I guess okay. So the only one I can think of is that when I was in college, I spent New Year's in Paris with my best friend, mm-hmm. and uh, her her French is perfect, mm-hmm. and mine is like I can has more food, please. Yesterday. So you started that whole law cats thing. <laughs> yeah, so that's my fault. Um, and we were in the subway and this man was following us and he was saying something in French to her and it was very cold and I thought he needed money or a hot drink or some, he needed us to help him in some way Mm -hmm. and she was just walking faster away from him and I was trying to keep up and, and yelling at her like, you have to stop, this man is trying to talk to you, he needs our help. And she, she was so annoyed because clearly she was working out an escape plan. Yeah. That would benefit both of us. And I was ruining it. I'd also just given away that we were Americans by speaking in speaking English. English. Uh oh. And um, finally, she just decides the only way for us to escape quicker is for her to tell me really quickly what was going on, so that I will then buy into her plan and move on. Okay. And he was not asking for food, but in fact had just propositioned her. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So he had mistaken your friend for a lady of the night. I mean, I don't know. I think he just was trying whoever he could try. <laughs> it was very lady of the day dressed. Viva la France. Mm-hmm. Well, that is awesome. Um, okay. I'm, I'm actually going there for a part of my honeymoon. So I will. Awesome. Yeah. I'll be on the lookout for that guy. Yeah, try to find him. He's by the train station. <laughs> okay, let me write it's that down. Hungry Eyes. Hungry Eyes by the train station. That that sounds like a missed connection posting. You, Hungry Eyes in the train station. Me, completely disinterested. Not dressed like a prostitute. <laughs> yes. Okay. That um, happened. <laughs> 
duodenum or duodenum? Duodenum? Okay. I mean, again, I think it's just a preference. Um, At some point, I do have some friends who are doctors, and I'm going to ask them the same question. And if they give me a definitive answer, then I will remove this question from the podcast. But right now, it's a preferential thing. If my choice was wrong, I'd prefer you remove that also. Sure. I mean, I had to... Just so I look better. Absolutely. No, I completely understand this. Yeah. This, I mean, this is going to be edited and spun and we're going to have, you know, an original score set behind it. I mean, I have John Williams on retainer, so this is going to be pretty epic. Awesome. Well, I mean, as you know, also, I have an original Paul Guyette that I'm willing to loan you. Uh, (sighs) I don't know. Every time you play that, it loses value, but it gains popularity. So, I I mean... I don't know what the trade-off is. But, I mean, again, I'm not the DJ, but if I were a DJ, in order to create street cred, I would play that at the beginning of every set. <laughs> because, I mean, not just everybody has a song written for and about them. So that means you're obviously somebody. It's amazing. My mom didn't get it, and uh, <laughs> it, was, it was fun to play it for her, though. Wonderful. <laughs> Well, good. Then that means it's working. (laughs) Um, So what is your zombie apocalypse escape plan? Who would you want with you? Where would you go and why? I mean, I'm going to buy a truckload of Twinkies. I think you may have lost out on that one. No, no. I, I found some. There's a whole row of them in my vending machine at work. I'm going to buy them on Monday. Really? I started to buy them on Friday, but someone came up behind me and I got embarrassed. <laughs> so I left with what I had already acquired. <laughs> no, I know we can't mention the place where you work, but I love the idea of you standing there just jacking coins and dollars <laughs> into a vending machine to get as many Twinkies as you can and then walking around with arms full and then turning the corner and seeing exactly who I'm thinking of and them looking at you and you looking at them and then just that being a moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, best of luck with the Twinkie thing. Thank you. Wow. But I mean, as you know, it's an important part. Of, of course. So, so beyond the beyond the Twinkies, do you have anything uh, else planned, or is it just I mean, spending? I'm going to, <laughs> we're going to double tap for sure. Of course, yeah, yeah. So we we learned a lot be of stuff from zombie the bathrooms. Then. Definitely, those are dangerous. Very true. Um, I also feel like I would like to have Shrek with me. Shrek, the yeah, imaginary CG character. Yeah. Because okay. if you shoot a CG character with real bullets, he won't die. So he can continue to live and defend me. Okay. He's practically invincible to zombies. That's a very good point. I've thought about this a lot. Um, well, normally, so. normally I stipulate that it has to be a real person. Um, so I, I will you accept did not. Shrek. I, I said normally I do. I apologize. That is that is my bad. So... Um, <laughs> If if it had to also be a real person, aside from a computer-generated cartoon character voiced by Mike Myers, also a quick aside, would this be a mute Shrek, or would it be voiced by Mike Myers? Um, I mean, I would definitely want it to be voiced, but I think it would be voiced by James Earl Jones. Ooh, that's a lot more threatening than Mike Myers. 
Yeah, I mean, because it brings, like, the dark side in a bit. Absolutely. So are we it's maybe like, saying that this Shrek would have some sort of force abilities? Yeah, he would probably wear a helmet and a cape and a breathing machine. Okay, so this might be like like Shrek Vader. You're creating right. a brand new character. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so yeah. if it had to be a real person that you know, I'll toss that in. A well, person that, that know. you know. Yes. Not Andre the Giant. Okay. No, because mm-hmm. he's a zombie already, and he would actually because probably he's dead. be... Well, yeah, but he'd probably be a really hard zombie to kill because his head is way up there. I always, to be immodest, I feel like I would make a really good zombie because my head is so far up. Yeah. So. I I also feel like because you did the voice, that voice work for that zombie book or that uh, demon demon book. book. Yes. Yeah, the demon book that I have you kind of pictured as the zombie demon killer already. So I feel like. You would be a good choice. I'm absolutely flattered. I would do my best. Yeah. I, I consider myself up to date on kind of the do's and don'ts of a zombie apocalypse. Um, I would want you to have weapons. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, we would We yeah. would need weapons. I mean, I have three machetes here in the house. I think oh, you've seen Because I have one. That makes four. That's right. Yes. Okay, so we each have two machetes, double-handing machetes. That's a really good idea. And I yeah. think we might need, like, a long-range person, too. Yeah, and I have a flute, and we could... We could beat the business out of someone with that as well. Now, is this is this like a, a name for some sort of crazy weapon, or you mean like a flute, like no, a recorder? I, no, I'm in the I'm in the music room, and I actually see this actual flute. But I was thinking, if you got some force behind that, you could do some zombie damage with that. Possibly, maybe, maybe if you like play like a magical spell song. Okay. Mm. Okay. No, this is this is this is all good. This is helping. Okay. Um, but we should get guns too. Absolutely. I'm actually not very good with guns, so we would need somebody that okay. is good with guns. Absolutely. Because as as Max Brooks says, you never uh, blades never run out of bullets. Right, it's true. And yeah. and your fists never run out of fingers unless, you know, unless you lose you a You built finger. the Taj Mahal and then it's a different story. It is. So unless, you know, unless that person is a part of this and I think they're also dead. That shouldn't matter. Yeah, probably. Okay, good. All right, good. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Brooke, tell me a joke. Oh, I mean, I have a really dumb joke I can tell you. That's fine. Uh, you know, what did the fish say to the wall? What? Damn. <laughs> that's dumb, but that's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. I don't think there's such a thing as a terrible joke. I mean, I think there's such a thing as a crazy offensive... Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's the really offensive joke, and then there's there's the kind of, you know, the shaggy dog joke, and then there's the kind of... I don't know what to call that. I wouldn't call it a dumb joke. I don't know. I think as long as it makes somebody laugh. The only bad joke is a not funny joke. And, like, even, even that little, you know, kind of giggle is a laugh, so that counts. It's like a baby. My friend is amazing at telling the worst jokes and making you laugh so hard. Excellent. All his jokes are stupid, but he's hysterical. It really is a gift. Okay, so uh, moving on to... uh... Wait, are you going to tell me a joke? Oh, if you'd like you. If you'd like, I can tell you a joke. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Okay. Um, I, I do actually have quite a library. So do we want... 
um, do we want offensive or clean or childish? I have I have a, a bunch of pretty smart jokes. How about not offensive? And then the rest I leave to you. Okay. Okay, I'll tell you the most intelligent joke that I know. Okay. Um, a businessman uh, loves seafood. And uh, he has a business meeting in Boston. So he goes a day or two early just so he can just gorge himself on seafood. And uh, he's looking forward to it. Gets his bag from the airport, from uh, from Logan, I think. Um, he gets in the... Um, the cab and he tells the cab driver okay take me to my hotel and then he leans forward and he's like hey do you know a good place where I can get scrod and the driver stops and just kind of turns and looks at him and he says buddy I've been asked that time buddy I've been asked that question maybe a thousand times but never once in the pluperfect subjunctive <laughs> wow it's it's a Latin joke. Yeah, it's it's a Latin declension joke. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, so I think that that's up there with, with the the smartest joke I know. And then our, our our friend Will actually made up a joke with uh with with my other friend Phil. Um, one of them, somebody I, I don't remember all the details. And this is this is my fault. This is bad reporting. Again, my researcher's not here. But yeah, um, babies. Somebody challenged them to write a joke with um paramecium as the punchline because there weren't enough jokes with paramecium as the punchline. And I agree, there's not. It's true, yeah. And uh, so the so Will and Phil came up with um, why did the single-celled, flagellated Spanglish-speaking organism need a flashlight? Paramecium. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty much what I said. But that still goes up there. It's a, it's a pretty yeah. impressive joke. That is an impressive um, joke. Yeah. It's not a chuckle joke. It's a wow joke. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's not even a, a way homer. It's more like, huh. <laughs> huh. That certainly is considered a joke. Yes. Um, okay, so uh, moving forward into the, um, to the specific portion of digressive obscenity, let's get specific. Let's get specific. So these questions are specifically designed for you. So the first one is uh, going back to what you were just talking about uh, before, uh, that you are a space nerd. So how did that, how did that come about? So um, grew up under military airspace, so the part of the sky that the military owns to fly jets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a kid, there were tons of jets flying over all the time, like the B-2 bomber and then fighter. They did, like, fake dogfights out, uh, training dogfights out in the desert over our house. So just sort of always saw that, kind of grew up on the Top Gun, um, I don't know, ideology, loved that, and just wanted wanted to be in the planes someday when I got older. That's awesome. Particularly because the boys were all talking about how they were going to be the pilots and so awesome. And I was like, well, I can do that too. Um, Just like Gadget. Yeah, so that's why I like Gadget, because she was awesome. Although now, <laughs> now, now. Full circle. About her clothes. Although now they, less awesome, because she may have hygiene problems. <laughs> she and may have been, be really may have been poor. poor because of her ill-fitting clothes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And, and that yeah. eyeshadow may have actually been some sort of a, a fungus, if you a want rash, it really yeah. dark. But so a rat, sad. exactly, yeah. Maybe from not washing off the eyeshadow. 
But yes, I'm sorry. Okay, so you grew up under, and were you, like, you could see these dogfights? Like, you could see the planes kind of circling around? Um, every once in a while, if you happen to be in the right... Dude, you got a lot of flybys, a lot of sonic booms. And then every once in a while, if you just happen to be the right place at the right time, you could see, like, a fake, uh, a dogfight. That's awesome. Um... I think I only got to see that maybe like once or something, but we saw the planes all the time and it was amazing. Cool. So I'm sorry. Yeah. So you went to undergrad. Where did you go to undergrad? Mm, at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University in Arizona. And so it was basically, a, it was a, it was a civilian flight school, basically. Okay. Um, we had a flight, a whole fleet and flight line program. Cool. And then um, degrees in engineering and a couple different so I did the the flying degree basically, and learned planes. Um, but I was a senior in college actually when nine eleven happened, mm-hmm. and that was an industry changer as everybody knows now for the aviation yeah. world. And so we had a professor come in that day, class that afternoon, and said, "I'm really sorry if you're a senior, but." Uh, your career path is just kind of tanked in a major way. Holy shit. Wow. Uh, you have three options in my opinion. One, go back to grad school. Two, become an air marshal. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to be hiring air marshals like crazy for safety and homeland <laughs> security type things, which wasn't called homeland security yet because it wasn't invented. Yeah. And then um, third, you could, they're like, or you can continue to be a pilot and just take a crap pain instructor job, build your hours, and then someday, in whatever form the industry resurfaces, you can be a part of that. And so I was like, well, I'm going to grad school. So you're on your way to becoming a commercial airline pilot or a, or a military pilot? Commercial, I didn't want to be... I decided that I... I did ROTC, actually, for a while, mm-hmm. but I decided I didn't want to be in the military. Okay. Because the commitment for pilots was roughly 12 years when you included your training. Okay. And I didn't want someone else making my decisions for that long. Gotcha. And then um, I was so I was working on a commercial pilot, but I didn't want to be an airline pilot. I wanted to do charter flying. Okay. Like when the CEO of some big company needs to go to Guatemala or something. Or Rob Lowe. Exactly. I, as we know, as we all should be aware, I would be. I would happily fly him in anywhere he needed to go. <laughs> yes. And that is that is not a double entendre. No, not at all. I'm talking just about the airplanes and his safe and professional transportation. Excellent. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. okay, so that, that obviously put a damper on the plan. So you went to grad school. What did you go to grad school for? So I went to the International Space University in France, which was basically like a one-year accelerated master's program. You made that place that, up. That's what everybody says, but it's real. <laughs> And I know it's real because I'm still paying for it. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been compared to space camp for adults, but that's not really quite fair because it actually was a master's degree program and we were pretty busy. But uh, that was an extraordinary experience because it happened to be in France, which meant we got to travel a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, yeah, then I came back and sort of got space jobs out of that experience, an internship that turned into a job that turned into another job that turned into another job. And they've all been basically people just pay- paying me to be a kind of a space geek. Just kind That's of awesome. awesome. 
So yeah, so both you and Will. Now you, you I'm sorry, my my other one of my very best friends, uh, Will Pomerantz. He, uh, you met him at ISU. I did. Yeah, I met Will in in France outside a movie theater. I think we were going to see. I don't actually remember what we were seeing. Some, you know, some new student bonding thing. Nice. And he was one of you know ten Americans, so. That's where I met him at at nerd school. So, did you guys take uh, those crazy classes together, uh, like space law? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, space law with the French professor. He was obsessed with the American TV show Dallas, <laughs> the old one, and he would try to incorporate Dallas like analogies into his space law classes whenever possible. Non-ironically. And he loved me because I guess there's a character named Brooke on the show. And he was really excited I, about my name. I have never seen it's all very Dallas. Yeah, I could I can imagine so. Wow. So wait, so did he really did he really like Will because of his uh, his time in Texas? I don't know, but I just remember that he, he really expected that all of us, the Americans, had like in depth knowledge on the show and I don't think any of us had seen it. That's so specific. Wow. I <laughs> know, I was like, Really? Dallas? So what did you actually get a, a degree in from ISU? Oh, we got a Master's of Science in Space Studies. That sounds so awesome. So what did you do right out of ISU? So actually, it's still a, still as a part of ISU. We had to do a professional placement, kind of like an, an internship where we would go and work for some sort of a space organization and then write our thesis and, and come back and graduate. And so I did it in L.A. at X Prize Foundation. I'm familiar with that as well. And uh, Peter Diamandis, who runs the Explainers, also the founder of, one of the founders of our school. So it's a cool opportunity to work for the founder. Um, but I got lucky with my timing in that I started there in April 2004. Mm-hmm. And the ginormous $10 million Ansari X Prize, which was, you know, for a private company to build a spacecraft that could go back and forth to suborbital space twice mm-hmm. in two weeks yeah. um, was one later that year. So I kind of got to be a part of it from some of the major test flights through the winning flights. And and I don't know, it was, it was super awesome, incredibly exciting. Yeah, definitely. And you also, you worked with Will there too, right? Was he there at that time? Uh, so I worked there first and then Will started a bit later. Um, Poser, basically. And we, yes, we had some crossover, and then I, I transitioned out, and he stayed on. Gotcha. So after uh, after X Prize, where'd you go from there? After X Prize, I went to the FAA. Cool. The, it's the FAA's Office of Commercial Space Transportation. Uh, basically, there's a there's a small office within the greater FAA that performs in miniature all the functions of the FAA, but for space. Gotcha. And. Spaceships, so you have to get licenses for your spaceships, um, and so I got to be a part of that uh, as well. And was a, a spaceship uh, inspector. <laughs> wow! And okay. um, and worked on like the regulatory process and people getting their licenses and safe launches and stuff like that. So it was very fun. I just want to take a tiny step back. You were a spaceship inspector. That is up there with yes. like one of the coolest, like the top five coolest jobs of someone that I know. 
<laughs> it, it's like, I mean, did, did you ever, were you ever on the subway, like looking at people and it's like, my job's cooler than you. Oh yeah. My job's cooler All the time. than you. My job's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was more like, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. This is awesome. You know that's, you know you're in a happy place when you're surprised to get paychecks for what you're doing. Oh, check it out. Awesome. And I get money. <laughs> Wait a minute. So I'm going to go see this cool rocket launch. And, <laughs> and you're going to pay. Oh, okay. Awesome. Uh, the cool part was. Yeah. And then it's like, maybe this is a mistake and I shouldn't tell anybody. Oh, the cool part. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they might figure out the glitch and stop paying for paying me to do this. They might realize I do this for free. <laughs> uh, the cool part yeah. was that the office is relatively new for government. I mean, it's like it'd been in place like twelve years or something when I was there. Yeah, and so there was a very specific set of qualifications and you know classes and tests and stuff that you had to go through to become an inspector. But there were no real credentials that you carried. People just knew who you were through, like, correspondence with the office or whatever. Uh Right before I left, we got credentials, like FBI credit, like, kind of like the the trifold leather badge with the seal. Nice. And the picture ID. Yeah. And it said, like, spaceship inspector or something. (laughs) They were awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That part was really cool. That sounds... I mean, like, I know it's a real thing, but it sounds... Not let me take it with me. Oh. That sounds as realistic as, like, the the federal booty inspector. Like, those t-shirts you can buy for $10. Everybody everybody (laughs) stand back. I'm a spaceship inspector. Understood. Understood. (laughs) Wow. So you went from... No, no, for real, guys. Yeah, seriously. I didn't just make this up. So you went from spaceship inspector with the FAA to the place that can't be spoken of or someplace in between? Yes. Uh, no, the place that can't be spoken of. Mm-hmm. Hogwarts University. Hogwarts University. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it, and at Hogwarts University, I basically just managed the budget for their space program. Okay. Or a piece of it anyway. Gotcha. For Hogwarts. Yes, yeah. for Hogwarts. And, and things have been good with that recently yes i mean we were a little worried that uh we might have a change in school leadership but we seem to have come out okay on that yes i actually took place in the the tri-wizard competition for the first time and supported the current headmaster well, I'm I'm very happy to is, know that is you finally uh, <laughs> participated in the wizard selection process. Especially since you've been of age for a bit of time. I have been <laughs> of age and lazy. Someone cast a a an apathy spell <laughs> over me and, and an uninformed <laughs> spell. <laughs> but all that's over now. Oh good. I'm glad to hear so that. So taking yeah, taking a step back from the um yeah, so taking a step back from the things that require codes. Um so working at the FAA and I remember years ago I asked you just some some things that as you know, I'm not a frequent airplane passenger, but when I'm on there, you know, it, maybe it's just the the punk ass in me, but there seem to be so many things where it's like 
why do I have to turn off my iPad? Why do I have to put my seatbelt on? And <laughs> I guess if, if you're if you're able to, um, can you answer just some questions along those lines of like, you know, you know, why do I have to turn off my iPod? Are you just being a, a dick? Is this just a power trip or? Could this actually do something? If you can go into this. If you can't, I completely understand. We're probably going to get arrested simply for recording this podcast. But, yes. The ma- the idea behind it is, and most people don't believe that it's true, but the idea behind it is that if you have a plane full of people and everybody has one to two phones and an iPad and a laptop, lots of these devices emit things that can interfere with the navigation systems on an airplane or on the ground support system. And while the likelihood of that is not particularly high, the risk increases somewhat, my understanding, by having so many. Okay. And it's just, I mean, I think really it's partly crowd control as well. I don't know if I can say that. Well, I mean, that, that's the same part of anything, but I mean, that is, okay, so that, thank you, that helps, that makes me feel better when, like, you know, when the stewardess is a little snotty, and it's like, okay, I know that you have to do this, this isn't just, you know, the airline being a dick. I was just going to say, I, I think they're also required to do it, and so if they don't do it, then they're in non-compliance, and that gets messy for them. Gotcha. I'm okay, so I guess I guess kind of turning it turning it to you, is there anything that you learned during your time at the FAA that you didn't learn when you were a civilian? Like something you came out of the FAA and you were like, Oh my god, that was mind blowing stuff. I didn't realize how much cake they ate. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> honestly honestly, every I mean Multiple times a week, there would be a meeting, there would be meetings, and there would be cake. It got to the point where if people threw a meeting and there wasn't cake, I was kind of pissed off. (laughs) This surprised me. I'd never experienced so much cake in the workplace. Wow. Okay. It's a rampant issue. Yeah. Okay, so no, no. Let's. I like this. Let's let's pursue this. So, are we talking like a three dollar Entenmann's cake, or are we talking about someone took time and put money into this cake? All kinds. I mean, I saw ice cream cakes, Ooh. Entenmann's cakes, mm-hmm. homemade cakes, store bought cakes, Costco cakes. Wow. Which I guess is store bought, but more effort. Yes, because you yes, have to have a membership. Cakes of all sorts and cookies. Okay. I was about to say, and, would donuts um, count for an earlier meeting? Or would you have like a meeting at 10 o'clock in the morning with... Donuts Donuts often on Friday mornings. Okay. Yeah. Would you ever have an ice cream cake at like 10.30 in the morning on a Thursday? I mean, we had an ice cream cake one time. Wow. And I think it was like 11. Wow. That's a great day. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything that starts with ice cream yeah, cake. Yeah, I was wired. <laughs> that's the day I inspected yeah. 14 spaceships. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I know. And everyone failed. <laughs> this doesn't yes. taste as much like cake, cake as I want it to. <laughs> oh, that's... You're eating our wing. Oh, sorry. 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 Reprogramming. I'm out in the field. Not in the office. Less eating. More looking. <laughs> less cake. Slightly less cake. Slightly less cake. I want hazard pay for this. There's no cake. Wow. Were the cakes ever, like, in, like 
inscribed with anything? Like, hey, happy Tuesday? Or was it just, here's another cake? I mean, often the cakes were celebrating someone's, you know, having been brought to the planet kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So often birthdays, sometimes holidays, but sometimes people just made cake and they brought it in because they know their coworkers would eat it. Of course. Who's and, not going to eat you cake? You know, the, their cats at home could only eat so many. True. Okay. Maybe it was some sort of a government test. Now, I'm not really a um, conspiracy theorist. I think it's all a little ridiculous. But could it have been some sort of, uh, you know, whoever doesn't eat the cake is going to be suspected of something? Was there was there pressure to eat the cake? You know what? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I think happened. Okay. I think that's where they slipped the cancer in. Oh wow! In the cake. That would be a. That's an excellent yeah. cancer delivery system. Who's going to suspect cake? Yeah, because I ate a shit ton of cake. <laughs> and then you know what? I got cancer. No, Brooke, you ate a cancer so, ton of cake. I ate a cancer ton of cake. <laughs> and then I got cancer. I mean, a lot, massive amount of cake. And then you know what? The next thing I know, the doctor's like, oh, I'm sorry. Could you, you know. now, did you ever get back in touch with any of those people? And it's like, did any of you guys get uh, cancer after all the cake? No, I've been, no, but I've been checking on them. I've been checking on them, and they're okay so far. So far. So far. And now, of yeah, course, okay. I have to ask, as you were, as you were at that point, a government employee. Um, did you ever watch the X Files? Of course. Excellent. Okay, good. And did any of that ever kind of seep in? Like, you know, was there ever a visit from, you know, an army person with no, with no rank or a man in a black suit, and it's like, uh, Brooke, do whatever this guy says. Okay, don't ask any questions. Give him any cake that he wants, just do what he says. Oh, man, I have such a great story that I will not tell you here. Um, <laughs> That's completely no, a good idea. No, that didn't happen, but, you know, we did get, you get sort of like the crazy applications for launch, you know, for licenses for a spaceship that had not bothered to take uh, physics into account in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so... You got a lot of the crack, more of the crackpots than the follow this man. And by the way, when I don't know someone and someone tells me to follow this man and do whatever he says, I, I, I never do. Even, even in a government job. That's probably, that's probably a I safer mean, way to live. Yeah. It's a good practice. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's like my version of Paul. It helps keep me out of vans. That that works. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like you know an uh, an adult yeah. version of Stranger Danger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's exactly like that. It's worked really well for me. Excellent. All right. Wow. That was amazing. That cake thing is is <sighs> blowing the doors wide open. Woo. Okay. So moving forward to uh, the final part of digressive obscenity. Brooke, a while ago, I sent you a list of words, yes? Yes, you did. And you picked one of those words to define. I did. Please, share that word and its definition with us. So, the word I picked is T-E-V-I-S. I don't know if it's pronounced Tevis or Tevis. 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 Mm-hmm. Because I don't really know how those shoes... You know those hippie shoes that are like Chacos? They are spelled T-E-V-A. Yes. They're either called Tevas or Tevas. Mm-hmm. For the sake of this, let's assume they're called Tevas. Sure. Because I was thinking what that word meant was it was kind of like a recording, a camera recording system in those shoes. Wow. 
so that when they go on their nature walks, mm-hmm. they can record life, kind of like a TiVo. That is amazing. So you're combining Tevas and TiVo in Tevis. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Excellent. And, you know, it's like record your life, then watch it later. I think think that's a really great definition. Wow. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for being on Digressive Obscenity. This was was mind-blowing. That cake thing is going to haunt me. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a lovely way to spend an afternoon. Digressive. Obscenity. Shit, what was I talking about? I remember just a moment ago I was talking about something and then I forgot what I was talking about because I was distracted by the guy who did the thing. Digressive. Obscenity. Shit, what was I talking about?